The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Mythology Explained YouTube channel. Please note that there are two narrators for this podcast, myself, Silas, and Zach. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Mythology Explained. The topic of today's video is the unlikely connection between Satan's survival and the existence of heaven. This isn't something said verbatim in doctrine, explicitly asserted by theologians, or directly endorsed by Christianity, but something extrapolated from philosophical theories on evil. These theories expound on the relationship between good and evil so as to reconcile evil existing as an aspect of reality with the boundless and benevolent nature of the creator of said reality, namely God. One of the core questions that undergirds all of this being, why would God, who is all-powerful and all-good, create a universe in which evil exists, instead of a paradisiacal universe that was only good and devoid of evil? Before we delve deeper, let's quickly break down what we'll be exploring. We are looking at why some people believe that for there to be real goodness in the world, there also has to be evil. It's like saying that to truly appreciate what is right and good, and therefore to become so, we need to have something wrong and bad to compare it to. This idea isn't just something that's been casually kicked around, but comes from an extensive history of deep philosophical meditation about why our world is the way it is, especially when thinking about God, who is seen as all-powerful and all-good. Why would such a God allow bad things to happen, or for evil, epitomized by Satan, to exist? Some thinkers say this has a purpose, a calculated feature, and not a flaw in the design. It's to give us a choice between good and bad, and making the right choices, in the aggregate, is what makes us truly good, truly worthy of heaven. So we're going to explore how all of this fits together, why good can't exist without evil, and what this might mean for the existence of heaven. Alright, let's get into it. In the labyrinthine corridors of theological and philosophical discourse, the juxtaposition of good and evil has long been a subject of profound contemplation. The provocative topic presented in the title of this video, Why Satan's Death Would Destroy Heaven, cracks the lid on this dichotomy, suggesting that the existence of Satan and, more generally, of evil, are not merely incidental but fundamentally necessary for the actualization of true goodness, and by extension for the very existence of heaven as conceived in Christianity. In other words, if evil is essential to the manifestation of true good, and if true good is required to earn the reward of heaven, then without evil, there wouldn't be anyone worthy of heaven. Meaning what exactly, I don't know. Perhaps not existing, perhaps existing but uninhabited. At the heart of this lies the age-old philosophical debate about the nature of good and evil. Classical theologians and philosophers such as Augustine of Hippo grappled with the problem of evil questioning how a benevolent and omnipotent God would permit the existence of malevolence and suffering. Augustine postulated that evil is not a distinct entity, but rather the absence or privation of good, a concept known as the privatio boni, meaning the absence of good, also referred to as the privation theory of evil. In this framework, evil does not exist independently. It is the absence of goodness, just as darkness is the absence of light. And similarly, just as heat and pressure are needed to make a diamond, so too is evil, Satan, who lords over it, the capacity for wickedness, and the temptation of sin, 
needed to allow people to reach their full potential and manifest true goodness worthy of eternal reward in heaven. Looked at this way, evil can be construed as the whittling knife or potter's wheel of God, a tool he makes use of in his great work. The existence of Satan and evil presents humanity with moral choices, creating a crucible for the exercise of free will. The narrative of the Garden of Eden in Genesis underscores this, where the serpent, equated with Satan, tempts Adam and Eve, leading to the fall of man. This act of disobedience, while introducing sin into the world, also inaugurates the human experience of moral decision-making. Without such choices, the argument posits, goodness becomes an automated, unchosen state, lacking the depth and authenticity that comes with choice and struggle. Expanding this and applying it to heaven, the realm of ultimate goodness and the reward for righteous living, the idea of Satan's existence being integral to true goodness and spiritual ascension inspires an interesting line of thought. If true goodness is contingent upon the presence of evil to choose against, then the eradication of evil, symbolized by a world without Satan, would undermine the very foundation of goodness. Without the contrasting darkness of evil, the light of goodness may lose its meaning. And thus, the question becomes, does heaven, as a reward for choosing good over evil, even exist when there isn't a countervailing aspect, evil, to define and give substance to good through dualism? Building on this, the work of theologian Thomas Aquinas offers a similar perspective, continuing in the same vein. In his exploration of theodicy, he argued in reinforcing fashion that the presence of evil does indeed serve a greater purpose in God's plan, making its inclusion indispensable, not the product of an unfortunate oversight. He posited that God, in his omniscience and omnipotence, allows evil to exist because it leads to greater good that otherwise would not be possible. For Aquinas, the existence of evil and suffering enables the development of virtues, such as courage, patience, and compassion. In this view, the challenges posed by the presence of Satan and evil in the world are not obstacles to God's plan, but rather integral parts of it. They serve as catalysts for spiritual growth and moral excellence, ultimately preparing souls, should they prove worthy, for divine fulfillment in heaven. Just as studying makes you smarter and exercising makes you fitter, so does evil function as a stressor that engenders adaptation, only of a moral rather than intellectual or physical sort. By withstanding temptation, not falling prey to vice, immorality, and wickedness, and rising above it all, people become the best versions of themselves. On a more granular level, this also applies to individual virtues and their contrasting vices. Bravery can't exist in the absence of fear, for it is only by conquering fear that we can be brave. Humility can't exist in the absence of pride, for it is only by mastering our pride that we can embody humility, and so on. Another theologian who delved into this conundrum was John Hick. His soul-making theodicy suggested that Earth is a place of spiritual development, a kind of soul-making factory, where humans grow morally and spiritually through their environment and experiences. He argued that a world without challenges or the possibility of moral failure would be one without the opportunity for significant moral growth. In this sense, Satan and evil are part of a grand divine pedagogy designed to elevate human beings from simple creatures to morally mature beings capable of understanding and embodying God's love. 
This journey through adversity and moral challenge is, according to Hick, what prepares souls for the ultimate reward of heaven, making the existence of heaven not just a destination, but a culmination of a journey marked by moral and spiritual evolution, the apotheosis of the righteousness people cultivated on this mortal coil. And that's it for this video. If you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe. Thanks for watching.